Hey, Austin, I, I got a favor to ask you. Do you have... Hey, thanks. I appreciate it. Do you have, like, about $900 you can loan me? I'm I'm trying to uh, do, a, do a thing, but it's... Um, I mean, I'm just, I'm just a little strapped for... $900? Yeah. I, I mean, you're, you're, well, like, you're like a big I... caster man, right? Like, I mean, like you're, like, you're like a buddy. Like, you know, you probably like, you got a little pocket change somewhere. I'm just trying to... I need, like, $900 for a thing. I know for a fact you cannot be talking about attending the international because $900, you're going to need way more money than that because that's just the fucking ticket. And then you got to, you know, board fucking you're taking time off work for what one week two weeks three weeks how how long are you gonna it's, it's be like, there it's a, it's you know, a weekend it's a like it's like like a day i got like pto it's mm. fine but like and then I'll, I'll sleep like outside of the the arena um or like i don't know I'll, <laughs> you're like, not gonna I, eat yeah i'll, I'll, I'll ask me the scraps off of other people's food yeah like the, the the team will get food so i'll just like borrow uh-huh. some of that like boxy doesn't eat like meat anyways and they always fuck that up so that's fine and like i'll ask mickey to share a bed or something like you were probably cuddly uh like i don't know like was it what's the i just need about nine hundred dollars because well, unfortunately be- yeah it's gone because because i i don't know if the, the teams are actually even getting tickets right now which is very frustrating pgl <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't even know if uh, we're going, so, you know. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe maybe all the talent are going to Norway again, you know? like That can't be I true. don't even know if I'm invited in the first place. Uh, it's, uh, it's post-TI qualifier madness where it's like, all right, when's the information about TI going to be out? And we're all just kind of like sitting there waiting as the tickets go on sale and don't immediately get sold out because they're so they're still expensive. not they're still not sold out they're still not sold out i mean that I, maybe it's accurately priced if it only gets sold out <laughs> at the very end right like <sighs> it, 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 if you accurately perfectly accurately price something it would mean you sold almost near capacity or at capacity pretty much right before the event starts yeah because a business doesn't matter when they sell the tickets as long as it's before the yeah. event. Like, I know that there's a lot of conversation about, like, well, they always sell out instantly. So, I mean, it's not cool that they're not selling out instantly, which is like a weird emotional argument because, like, yeah, that's, we're, that's, uh... we're used to that. Like, Taylor Swift tickets, they sell out instantly. All TIs, they mm. sell out instantly. F1 tickets, they sell out instantly, right? That means that they could be more expensive, but they're just being chosen to be listed at a price that is more equitable for people so my mm-hmm. complaint about ti right now and th- and i'm actually spoiler i bought two tickets um which was a one thousand seven hundred and something dollars which i put on the company card because i think we need them to maybe work so like mm-hmm. you know I-, I have a way to go to ti regardless of what happens right um yeah but buying them was fucking painful. Uh, but I think that it sucks. I think that it sucks that, like, essentially you have to be, like, an upper middle class person to go to TI. Or it's really painful. Yeah. I think that's just I, not cool. I just don't get why it is that way. 
right? Because uh, like uh, a de facto like Reddit argument of oh, a greedy corporation, but I think there's no way that like the amount of revenue they get off of the TI tickets means anything to them unless it's like motivation to keep doing TI. Uh, but like, I, 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 just, I just don't really, I just can't really see that. I feel like maybe it's because of the new arena combined with inflation like uh, maybe the new arena causes tickets to be more expensive right because it's obviously will cost more after it's been renovated to rent Mm -hmm. that place out i would assume so anyway so it probably costs more to rent that place out so they probably just plugged and played whatever formula they had for the tickets from previous years that's what i would assume because i don't think valve i just can't see valve trying to make ticket sales a profit making venture uh just because i feel like there are plenty of other avenues for them to make money here and i i just don't see this being one of them that they care that much about they will make more money like and i and we can only speculate like maybe tickets are more expensive because of like inflation because of the new key arena which is climate pedge arena which is really funny it's like amazon arena and then yeah. maybe some of that money is going to like either PGL for the production side, or maybe some of the money is being used to just justify like a break even point. Because I am willing to bet that almost all previous TI ticket sales have run at a loss as like mm. a business strategy, potentially. Sure. Or like sure. M- maybe it's a small loss, maybe it's a really small profit margin, but like I'm gonna guess that there is actually a profit margin here, even if it's like a half million to a million or, or more dollars. That is useful to make the broadcast better, theoretically. Yeah. Yeah. I, I still just feel like that's like a million bucks. That's like chump change to Valve. <laughs> Yeah, that's how many copies of Vampire Survivors they sold in the last hour, right? Yeah, like so. I I feel like then that's like uh, it's it's not about the money. It's politically motivated, right? That like uh, this is this is real deep conspiracy because I have zero information about this. I don't even know if I'm working TI. I don't talk to anybody at Valve, but like. If there's like some politics going on about like whether or not they want to keep doing TI or keep supporting Dota or whatever, right? You do want to like I, I recently had a very interesting conversation with I'm gonna try and keep this vague, uh, with somebody in esports and they were doing a project and that project was uh like potentially at a loss uh the first time they did it, but they thought they could do it at a profit the second time they did it, right? And so they're doing it a second time as a result. And uh, they want to be able to show that trajectory upwards, right? It's mm-hmm. going up so we can keep doing this thing. So let's do it a third time and a fourth time, right? So I don't know. I, I, maybe maybe they're, you know those sort of graphs can help sway internal uh, 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 like meetings and arguments about whether or not you keep doing or supporting whatever projects you're working on. So I don't know. It just for me, just like I, I don't know why they're so fucking expensive, but they are f- crazy expensive, and I, I'm just kind of like. It, it just doesn't make sense to me. There has to be more than a reason than just Valve wants to make money because uh, I don't think that's it. Hy- Unless uh, it's politically motivated. Hypothetical question for you. Um, and the answer for this is probably different for everybody. What is a price point that you wouldn't balk at? Because like 
Well, Bach, do you mean like, like, oh, like, oh, my, my word? Or, or are you talking about like, I'm literally not going to go? I, I, well, that's actually good. That's a bad word because balking traditionally is actually the, the cutoff point for you not doing the thing. Um, yeah. So I think like, a, I think that even a $400 ticket, I would be like, this is fine. Like, whatever. Sure. This is kind of fine. I think a $600 ticket, I would go, oh man, that hurts and it's expensive, but I would probably still be able to justify it. I think as soon as we start creeping up towards even $700, that's the price point where for me it's like, this is painful. So to have the prices plus the fees be close to $900, which is almost like, you know, $300 more than I want to be spending, it, it is, it almost makes no sense how ludicrously expensive they are to me. Uh, it's a three-day event, right? Yeah. It's a three-day event that you're buying into. So I think anything over, I actually think they maybe got it pretty close to like what, I think anything above 750 right? $250 a day. I think it's pretty reasonable for like a lot of concert events, whatever entertainment type thing you're talking about. So, you, you know, 750 divided okay. by three for the three days. Uh, there is value that you're getting back uh, on some things like Those Crimson Witnesses, Crimson but Witnesses. I feel like that. I feel like that's an argument people bring up, and you really shouldn't include that in like the cost. Because first of all, it's totally random. Like I literally have only gotten I think one. Every most person years. is guaranteed one now per per ticket. Okay. So which also means well, they might be less valuable because of an inflation thing, but you actually know. I've got a reason to keep that off the fucking books because it's steam money. So it's not like it's actual money. You it's can't fucking money. put that back into your bank account. So that yes, there is a reason why it doesn't count. I, I had a ticket for life is beautiful, which is a three day festival in Vegas music festival and like art festival. It's $400 EDC tickets, like $400 and change uh, like, mm -hmm. like big multi-day fat. Like you can go to Coachella. And like go to Coachella and do it well for less than nine hundred dollars. I'm also just mad at Ticketmaster, which like is not an important conversation to have. But like a hundred and fifty plus dollars in in fees, like yeah, fuck. G find me a Taylor Swift fan, and we can go we can go ride and pick it together. Like holy, mm -hmm. I was so mad buying those tickets, and then I was double mad because I tried to buy even more tickets to to go to the first weekend under similar logic, like. I'm going to be there with Liquid doing work. I wanted to make sure that we had tickets for like me or my crew. We were going to like justify the spend. It was like going to be like a work thing, right? So yeah. I'm like, let me buy tickets for the first weekend in case we're playing, in case other people are playing, in case we're going to do some work at the venue. They sold out fucking instantly. <laughs> and now they're being Oh, scalped. for the first weekend? Yeah. Oh, man. Because, because the first weekend was $100 a day for three different days. Yeah. And the value... So not only was it much cheaper for somebody who like wants to go to TI but like can't justify $900 for like locals or something there was just less available seating in the convention center too so they went maybe I, I guess i never thought about that maybe that's part of their logic for some of the ticket prices is is basically like it is there is still an experience to be had if you are really trying to do it uh if you're that die hard but you can't do it for that amount of money you do it on the previous uh what about the second weekend it has more like because the second weekend is in the arena, but the 
for I, I'm talking about the road to the international, like the stuff at the convention. Yeah, center. yeah. I'm just yeah. saying, like, is it like a one hundred dollars and then three hundred dollars and then eight hundred dollars sort of? No, like, no. I, I don't know what the pricing is like. It's only two weekends. The first weekend, which is the second to last weekend, oh, is a hundred dollars a day. Okay, so three hundred dollars so for the weekend. Okay, so there is nothing for the group stage. Correct. Uh, right, which Correct. is normal. Okay. Yeah. The group stage yeah. is going to be casted okay. in, in like a gyrocopter's garage or whatever the new PGL set is that we've seen <laughs> it on the qualifiers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that. Yeah, the, uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I was thinking about uh, what price would I, if, like if I didn't get invited, what price would I not be willing to pay? Like at what point, and I've been to every single TI except for the first one because I was in Germany. What TI, like this, it would be missing a TI for me, which would be pretty big. Uh, and I think tickets, if tickets were more than like $2,000, I, I would just straight not go. Uh, I think expensive. that, yeah, when you said Bach, uh, I was, that, that was what I was thinking. $2,000, yeah. Not go at all. And yeah, that would be probably be like $2,000. I'd be willing to go for a lot, a lot of money because, I don't know, nostalgia and a lot of other things. But fortunately, I'm in a position where I never have to make that choice. Because even if Valve doesn't invite me, I'll just work for, I don't know, GG Bet wants some Instagram coverage or something. You know, I'll get somebody to pay my way. Yeah, you'll you'll wiggle your way in. And I mean, I'm also yeah. privileged in that position, not only working for Liquid, but like, I'm sure I could, you know, I've done that before. I've asked Valve Ooh. for press tickets for old TIs, right? Um, I don't know how legitimate that was, but, you know, we did it. <laughs> yeah, I, got, I, I had a press ticket for TI3. Me too. For Join Dota. We we're on the yeah. same list. Mine was yeah. for, I forget, Reddit, maybe? I don't know. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I cannot but, get you that money, by the way, because uh, I did not get a chance. I had an opportunity this week, every single week, at 9 p.m., I would go to a website, juryportal.lacourt, to go see if I was selected for jury duty. And I actually really wanted to do it. You wanted to of. do it? Yeah, because first of all, I have nothing going on. So, uh, you know, why not? It would be an interesting is, experience. Is this a new development? Like, like, is maturely aged fine wine Cap more interested in jury duty, but like 19-year-old Cap would rather walk on glass? Uh, yeah, probably. Okay. Probably. I literally thought about it and I, and I was like, I'd be an interesting story to tell on the podcast if I did jury duty. <laughs> that was like, that was literally part of it, right? Uh, but I didn't get selected. I just found out tonight. I, it was, it was Monday through Friday and every single day I would check in and they'd be like, nope, you're not needed for that day. Check in the next day. And I did that and did that and did that and did that. And the truth is I am actually relieved because I'm going... Uh, I have disc golf planned with a uh, hot bid tomorrow, tomorrow early in the morning. So I would have been bummed out if I uh, got selected on literally the one day I didn't want to go. But <laughs> yeah, so, I've I've said, have you done jury duty before? So I have been called to jury duty, but I have never been auditioned for a jury. But I've sat in the jury duty room waiting to get called. So like I've, I've gotten past the first step mm. and never made the second step or the third step, obviously. Um, and nor I've, I'm 30 now. I've been called for jury duty 
three times, I think. So normally it's about once every four years. My number they comes pay up you here. trash, by the way. <laughs> you get paid like 15 bucks a day. Which is less than minimum duty. wage in California. Yeah, now. it's fucking egregious. I was just like, what the fuck? I immediately got mad. I was just like, well, now I don't want to do it. <laughs> You're going to pay me such trash fucking money. Because, uh, again, it's like, okay, like you said, it's less than minimum wage in California, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, it, it would understand. I would understand 15 bucks a day if I was if I was doing jury duty in Alabama, then I'd be like, <laughs> oh, wow, well, that makes sense. Minimum wage is, is fucking, you know, a dollar or some shit, I'm sure. So, <laughs> yeah, our, our system here is kind of weird. There's like both a lot of cases, but also just a lot of people in our different jurisdictions, so we don't get it that yeah. often. And even when you do get it, basically you get a it's a lottery system. So if, if you get like a number like one to eight hundred, and day one they call one through twenty, and day two they call twenty one through eighty. And if your number is too high, they just never get to you, and the week's over, and then you're absolved. So you're absolved for probably Ooh. years at this point, right? But um, uh, yeah, well, it says you can't get called in for another year. So, it, at least a year, but like practically speaking, year, like when's the last yeah. time you actually got called to jury duty? It's probably been a while. Yeah, I never got in Washington. This was the first time I ever got in California. So, but then I guess I did dodge a few years in Germany. So, that's true. Yeah, I don't know. I I have I don't think I would ever actually be seated on a jury unless I was a little bit dishonest, uh, because I would just be like. I don't believe well, in prison. I don't, yeah. <laughs> not, not even like that, but just I think that uh, any good prosecutor might realize that I am probably pro-defendant unless they have a really good case. Yeah. <laughs> or, like, understand the system and how it's supposed to work. Um, so Yeah, I, I, th- I thought about saying that. I thought about it, like, going there, because... The the what what would have been really shitty is like you get selected for jury duty and then it ends up being some like actual big case and it's for weeks on end. Then that would be that would be fucking hell because you know like uh, if it's a big enough high serial fucking killer that we're talking about like I could be missing Ti you know <laughs> so uh so I was like maybe I'll just tell them I don't believe in prisons you know. <laughs> Rehabilitation for everybody. Yeah, Which, yeah, you know, it's not like two. That's a little bit of a stretch of how I actually feel. But like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's like I don't like cops, <laughs> which I think is fuck the police. <laughs> Just <laughs> point at one of the fucking bailiffs. Yeah, fuck you. Wear, wear a big like ACAB shirt. <laughs> Just be like, uh. a cab. It's my band. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Though. At least, at least you know you're not going to miss Ti. Now you just got to figure out if you're gonna get invited to Ti. <laughs> but you know, yeah, who's it's, not, it's not. It's not very far away, Valve. I mean, we don't know what the prize pool is. We don't know if there's gonna be no. any crowdfunding. We don't know if there's gonna be any stickers or capsules or like fan reward packs or anything. So I mean, I'm just. Mm-hmm. I'm there curious. Gonna be a little Agrim's labyrinth anytime here. Yeah. You know, I'm just you know, saying, I'm still waiting. I'm still holding my breath. You know who doesn't have to worry about Ti though? Who 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 oh. is just like off for 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 fall? Easy easy peasy. Take a break. OG. Puppy. <laughs> and OG. Seb. Yeah, I was trying to figure out who you wanted to dunk on there. <sighs> I. Uh... You didn't want to dunk on Puppy. I I know that. I it is sad. It is sad. I don't want. That was the best story for sure. 
I don't want to dunk on Pumpy. I don't actually have anything dunk worthy there. I'm uh-huh. fine dunking on OG. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's why I said OG. That's uh, I was like, ah, that's what Joey wants to dunk on. It was yeah. almost Quest too. Like, I, it was like for a second, like like Luna Galaxy, like D1 Hustlers was gonna have to be TI Hustlers, and I was I was on that hype train for a hot series. I was not. I'll be honest. I didn't watch a single game, so I have zero zero fucking reason but i was very confident i was like what the fuck these guys get the upset whatever entity's gonna smash them to the ground and then they kind of did that i mean they won game one pretty handedly and then i was like and then they were winning game two and i just kind of zoned out and then people were like uh i saw so oh he did it and i was like oh of course he did it and they're like we made the comeback in game two and i was like comeback huh <laughs> I don't know. I thought you guys had it in the back. I stopped watching after 10 minutes. <laughs> um, you, I know that, that you, uh, you did another episode of, of the show that you do ever so periodically with, uh, with Blitz and you talked a little bit about predictions and I know that because I listened to them, but I also didn't like fully interpret all of them. It sounds mm-hmm. like you were pretty correct and there really weren't many surprises that happened in the qualifiers. Um, yeah, I like, believe I mostly nailed it. I missed uh, you, you secret, Western right? Europe. Yeah, you missed Secret. I missed Secret. Um, I, I I have said Quest and Secret and said it was Entity and Quest. I missed... You had I to think, miss Southeast Asia. You did not say SMG it, was going to win. No, no, I didn't. I mean, that one was kind of weird. I was pretty confident it was going to be uh, Blacklist. If I had a backup, maybe it might have been SMG, because I didn't really believe in Execration or, or Bleed, but... Uh, yeah, no one seems to... No one's back. He's looking good. Uh, China, I said Azure Bay. Got that one. Eastern Europe, I probably just defaulted to uh, Virtus Pro. I don't think I really had a strong opinion there. Uh, Thunder Awaken and Keed Stars for South America. I don't remember who I said there, but it wouldn't X, surprise me yeah. if I said the Brazilians because I love King RT. He's my boy, so... But uh, I'm happy to I'm happy to see they made, made it. King RD is... Uh, he's one of those guys that, like, it's good, I think, if he's in the, the professional scene still. Yeah, I was also happy that they won. <laughs> I I, I like that team, wow. and they had they had a couple fun games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, it's good to see Costa Bila is also a good story for him being able to. He's tryhard for a very long time. Yeah, it's, and then uh, last one was Nounce, who three o clobbered uh, bait no problem, which is not surprising. The only little wrinkle there was whether or not Wildcard would be able to do it with Taiga. And they clearly could not. That that they they did not look like much of a team. <laughs> no, they, they did not look no, like much of a team at all. That was yeah, the- when they uh, two one American American goons, uh, I was like, hmm, I don't I don't think you guys are well suited for this. Yeah, and I mean, I I will always be a Tommy fan, but that was a little bit that was a little bit rough. All the stories that came out of the qualifiers for me were the stories of the people who almost made it because. Everybody yes. who was winning was winning handily. Like Nouns dropped like what a game. VP dropped a game. Uh, I don't think SMG lost more than a game. They they like five yeah, blacklist. Yeah, five blacklist. Yep, it was it was fucking domination. Yeah. So there. I mean, like SMG's a story, but 
basically everything else is the the favorites one it's more like wow dendy almost made it or <laughs> wow can you believe that out of western europe og and enigma and secret all failed and i mean to me i kind of go yeah actually that that kind of actually tracks with most of the year that that actually that actually makes sense yeah yeah it does if you had uh viewers had somebody putting in rankings power rankings um and they were really up to date they would have had pretty much every single one of those teams either first or or second um except for the ones maybe that you listed so are any of these teams going to perform at ti uh well western european teams i think you always have to expect them to do uh have the potential to do really well though i don't know entity did look pretty beastly with uh gabby i was surprised at how good gabby looked that was great uh nouns not really expecting anything of them not expecting anything out of the south american teams quite frankly I think that is uh, that is a region where it's like the top two teams stand way above the others. Uh, um, maybe I'll be proven wrong, but uh, that region has talent. But I, in, well, I mean, until somebody proves it to me that the that like, you know, I, I keep on saying this, and I think it's mostly played out. It's like you have to prove to me that there is more to that. I, I keep saying you have to prove to me that Beast Coast is going to perform better than Evil Geniuses, right? And I think EG has done better at all of these lands. Internationally. This major. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I feel like they've done Maybe I'm missing something, but... Um, yeah. Kind of like Azure Ray maybe will do something. We'll see. It, I mean, they obviously have good players, but... It depends on what the groups are for me, because, like, I could see a world where, like, you get a group with, like, TSM in it. Damn. <laughs> or maybe, yeah, like, I, I can imagine, like, uh, you get a group with TSM, and then, hey, look, Keystars is, you know, in the upper bracket. Doubt. Doubt? Yeah, I, mean, there's, I don't think there's that many weak teams. You said TSM. List me another weak team that is not a qualifier team. I think that there is a high level of variance with EG and Beast Coast and Shopify. I would disagree with EG for sure. I think Beast Coast hasn't had that much variance. I think Shopify, I'll give you that one. <laughs> so, I'll give you Shopify. But like I feel like Liquid, Gaming, Tundra, Nine Pandas, Talon, uh PSGLGD ish, Team Spirit for sure, Bet Boom, yeah, you know, like maybe that that one has some variance there. But I, I feel like those those names I just listed, those are all killers. Those are all fucking killers. No, no doubts in my mind whatsoever about every single one of those teams listed. Right. I wonder so how they do the seating. That's, that's the majority of the invited teams. You're right. I wonder how they do the seating because I would assume that there's not going to be like a crazy group of death and then also like here are all the regional teams in one group. Like it's probably seated by DPC points. Yeah, it's probably uh, it's probably seated by DPC points uh, to determine strength of region, and that determines strength of qualifying teams. 
Yeah. So if I had imagine, I'm sure Knoxville has like something like that. I mean, he already has something that like slates their like potential to do, you know, first, second, third, whatever at T high. Uh, that can probably be broken down. Or, or his, I guess that information has already been broken down about the strength of regions and therefore the strengths of the, of the teams that are qualifying and stuff like that. So, yeah, uh, yeah I, would, I would imagine to see and like Quest get a nod probably over some of the others. Yeah, I don't know. They, they have they ever like revealed, uh, like they just come out with the groups, right? I feel like they've never done any sort of draw or roll or anything they've never told us about the formula behind it it could be totally rng it could be uh i feel like it's not because yeah i, I don't think it has been because generally you see some kind of well, two, with two groups it's easier to kind of like balance right but with what is it five groups six groups some four groups, oh, yeah something like that like the, the drawings the drawing is like much more impactful because if, if, you, if yeah. you get like, you know, the, the nouns, thunder awakened, Azure Ray Shopify group, then you're probably a little bit more chilling. There's four groups. Yeah. There's, there's four groups of five teams, four and, groups. So presumably and draw seems like it would just be way too chaotic because then you could end up with like fucking a liquid game in spirit group <laughs> so presumably uh i wonder how you break this down but let's say so f- number one seed combines with number eight combined and number nine maybe i don't know how you or do you do one and 12 and then eight I'm trying to think of like how you for because obviously if it was just uh if it was just eight teams Four different groups. You would take first and eighth, right? And you would pair them together. Mm-hmm. And you would take second and seventh, blah, blah, blah. But with three, it makes it kind of weird. Uh, so, yeah, I would wonder how, how they would do that. Yeah, I I think one and eight and nine would be the way to break that down. And then, you know, two and seven and ten. That's, that's I don't like, think that that's is like how you would break it down. Because right? what, what, yeah, one and eight, but then if you put nine in there... Like, if you kept that going, the nine should be slotted with, uh, what, 16, right? At that point in time. But there is no 16 to pair it up because then you get into the qualifier teams. So those don't really count, right? Somebody so is I think it's mad. I think it's like 1, 8, and like 11 or something. There is somebody listening to this right now who who is going absolutely mental because either yeah, they Knox know probably fucking slamming his head into dust right like, now. You're so stupid. <laughs> I wish I I wish yeah. I knew what it was. We might be, once the groups are revealed, we might be able to like reverse engineer it, or they might be random because we don't know. Yeah. Either way, you can expect Team Liquid, Gaming Gladiators, Tundra, and Nine Pandas to all be the heads of four dif- of the four different groups because those are the top DPC points, and there's probably no fair way to uh, to really establish strength than that. So. Which means Team Spirit, who won Riyadh, who are listed at number 10. Betboom is 12. Like, they are not... uh, They're a very scary team to be listed as number 12. Yeah. And it's weird because you can't be like, well, they won the latest major. Yeah, but the latest major was already weighted in points in the first place. 
So yeah. like technically you doing better there is already accounted in the formula. So yeah, whoever who, the, the, the group of death will be whoever gets team spirit. Uh, I've that his team spirit is so much lower than their recent accomplishments. Cause Riyadh probably won't count for shit. Yeah. And then that team could get stuck with like, you know, SMG entity. Talon. Yeah. We'll so. see. It, it, it'll be fun. I don't think I, I saw the Reddit post of like, they should do a live draw show, which I agree would be a lot of fun. But like, that they'll never happen. do it. They'll never do it. Yeah, they'll never do it. <laughs> that sounds like war for somebody. Um, but you know, it, it's funny because we're saying they'll never do it, but it looks like from an outside perspective that Valve has been doing some work on the game. There's been like two or three blog posts in the last two weeks that we haven't talked to each other, which is uh, by frequency probably the most there's ever been. <laughs> yep. Yeah. We. Uh, I think we. Okay, we'll start with the the ten year update. How do you feel about the items? How do you feel about the chest? I was disappointed, but I, I don't care about cosmetics, and therefore I know I'm in the minority there. I think my my opinion makes me sound. This. My opinion. I feel like we did talk about this. I, I don't think way. we did. My sure? opinion makes me feel really privileged because I'm like, okay, this is stupid. Like I wanted more. Wham, wham, wham. Give me more. Like yeah. I, I think that there was expectations that I might have had that were completely misplaced. So when I found out that it was only a chest with thirteen-ish items, some of which are expiring, I was like, what did this get delayed for? What did, what, what did we push out two months for to just fucking change the particles and the color of the Ursa set? The delay is definitely the most questionable thing because how, what, what Valve employees worked on that chest? <laughs> I feel like they contract most of those, those things out. So, <laughs> and you already had a design in mind, basically, right? You, you, you took a previous item... Uh, and had an artist do a modern getup, which I have to imagine speeds up the process in some regard. Now, there was some really cool ones. I love the Earth Shaker, the, the redo on that one. I love the, the animation. It's really cool with the Arcana, too. It's really cool with the Arcana. Yeah. The, the whole thing, like, the idea, I think, is really cool. Like, there, there is an item that is somewhat relevant for every year with a little bit of lore of what happened, and, like, it pokes fun at itself, like, it's referential to a bunch of Dota stuff, like, th the idea is cool, and I will stand by that, but what I think is fucked up is, like, the expectations that at least I and probably a lot more people had of what was going to happen, because it's hard to match those expectations with just have some free cool items. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to argue with free stuff, right? So it's always going to feel kind of shitty arguing against that. But yes, I did expect more, mostly because there was a fucking delay. So it was like, well, a delay for something, and then and then that was the thing. It was it was still the chest, but it's got me playing. So like, I mean, for, for, I actually haven't looked at the numbers. I should I should pull them up. But like, they went up. They went up. They yeah, checked. I I I've played. 15 games ish yeah. in, in, in the last week which is more than I played in a minute uh, mm -hmm. 
I, I have some feedback. I have some learnings about the state of the meta. Gyrocopter's okay. really good. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, he's all right. He's all right. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not having a problem with Gyrocopter. Not having a problem with him. I. You're I not having a problem with the Witch Doctor. Uh, I think that I've had more friendly or banned witch doctors than enemy witch doctors, so it has been hard for me to tell in my sample size. And also, I was not playing the patch before he got nerfed a little bit. I was playing, like, post that. I don't know if that helps Dude, at even all. Still, even still, that hero is broken on that damage. You don't have to talk to me about the competitive level. Look, oh, he's not first banned. I don't care. Heroes can be broken. And them not necessarily being broken in professional play. That hero's numbers are insane. They are insane. And they need to be nerfed again. Because I can just, like, I literally played one game today. And it was some weird game where, like, there was an enemy griefer on the other side. But, like, my team was also griefing. It ends up going on way too long. Like, 45 minutes. I never had a doubt at some point in time that we were going to win the game because I was playing Witch Doctor and I knew that I could basically 1v5 the enemy team if given the right opportunity. And I basically did that. And it's not even like it's like, oh my god, he the, it was a chronosphere and then he sat there and channeled his ultimate for six fucking seconds straight. No, I got it off for two seconds and the enemy Phantom Lancer fucking poof, disappeared because it's doing... 800 pure damage a second and hitting everything. I don't have to get it off for very long. I get it off for two seconds. That's 1600 pure damage Sounds to everything like in the fight. Problem, yeah. And then I can pop my other ultimate and do another like 500, 600. That's good enough. If I hit him with the Maledict, everything is dead because they have taken like close to 2000 pure damage and they have a percentage based dot on them now. So now they're dead. I was not worried in the slightest. That's what Witch Doctor gives me. And I felt very, 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 very few times when I'm playing the game have I felt that way of just like, oh, this this game is like locked in because I have this broken mechanic. Sure, I feel that way when I have like, oh, we have the better late game. Like, oh, our matchups are superior, blah, 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 blah. But like that, I was just like, oh, I have a broken thing and that <laughs> will allow me to win the game. Um, yeah, I should actually, I haven't played a Witch Doctor game, which is also maybe my mistake, because it might just be fun to be like, wow, look at how silly and overpowered I am. <laughs> yeah, it, it feels pretty good. It feels pretty Getting good. Getting Maledict feels good. And then Voodoo Switcheroo on top of an ultimate also feels silly. Uh, I yeah. don't understand why I am seeing so much Venge in my pubs. Uh, because it feels like, even though I know that she has a positive win rate right now and has received buffs, that I am constantly beating her. Maybe I'm playing yeah. against bad Venges. Uh, I mean, it's like the the that is a hero that competitively uh, actually is more viable. Uh, it's one of the more picked and banned heroes. Um, that hero is still trash. Right? How can those things exist at the same time? It's because a hero can have a trash toolkit, but its numbers be tuned up too high. And uh, a hero can have, uh, uh, like, 
numbers too high, but also like not be able to work in a certain way. Right. There are so many aspects to Dota that like there are things that are broken. It's just like this hero is broken in a very specific way. Uh, I think Witch Doctor is broken in a very pub way, right? Mm -hmm. I don't need... Uh, there's. I'm just going to get off two seconds of my ultimate and the fight is, is done. I've won it, right? I can get off that two seconds of my ultimate because it's a pub. Uh, they, they can't disengage as quickly or react as quickly because it's a pub. You know what's wild to me is that I... Even though, like, even I'm banning Witch Doctor or, like, it seems like it's always banned, I'm looking at the pick rate and it's rivaling, like, Pudge. Like, 24.8% yeah. of games. Like, if you're playing a game of Dota, <laughs> you're almost certainly playing with Witch Doctors in almost every game right now, which is probably making the problem worse because it yeah. feels bad. That, that, hero, uh, that hero is broken in a pub way which is that it shits out tons and tons of damage in a, in a very short period of time, and you have to like actu actively, proactively do something about it. Uh, and you know, like you have to stop his channel. You have to hunt him down. You have to catch him first in team fight. If you don't do that, if you just forget about the hero, he will slaughter your entire team. So that hero is broken in a pub way. Apparently, Venge is broken in a pro way. Damage Which mitigation is, or damage reduction? Is that the reason yeah, why it's broken? Damage mitigation. Uh, I mean, I, that hero is still trash. That that I I will die on this fucking hill. That hero is trash. Now they gave her a massive buff, and her numbers are maybe higher than they should be. This like total damage reduction thing is like a pretty. It's kind of a unique mechanic, and it's super easy to use and. And right, it fits in a professional play, right? It's on like, wave it's a tear. Very, you just yeah, you just fucking wave a tear, boom, like a big impact already. But that hero is still a trash can in terms of its toolkit. So the numbers may be too high, right? Magic missile is a trash ability, but if magic missile did five hundred damage, then you you'd be first. <laughs> first pick first ban it would be picked in pubs and all that sort of thing right mm -hmm. it's like it's possible for your toolkit to be trash but your numbers to be broken and venge is an example of a hero that is a trash can toolkit but maybe the numbers got are, are too buffed because they gave two blatant buffs they made the stun duration uh at level one the same as it was previously at level four and they gave this big attack damage reduction thing for free. There was no exchange. There was no nerfs or anything like that. So, but I will still say that hero is all around trash and is overhyped in professional play. I'm not even watching this shit, but I know the numbers are garbage for it. I know its win rate sucks. Mm -hmm. So I still feel validated in saying that hero is trash in both regards. What's your opinion on Invoker? Do you like the Invoker changes? I mean, my first experience with Invoker was crazy overtuned with Ghost Walk. He literally was just, I don't know, somebody needs to pay attention to some. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck happened with the. They were just like, yeah, Ghost Walk gives you regen and just made it so it's faster than being in the fountain. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, Fogged had this idea when it first came out. He was like, these numbers are broken. And he was just like, maybe I just go Radiance and like Ghost Walk. 
and just exist in fights because nothing can nothing can really kill me unless they like hardcore single target focus me because i've got crazy region numbers out the ass you know it's just it's like immediately like like he looked at it immediately knew broken right i didn't bother looking at evoker because i'm not an evoker player and those numbers all looked like mumbo jumbo to me (laughs) when i look at the patch notes for evoker it's like uh it's like one of those responses on twitter where it's uh you know and man that's a lot of text like i'm I'm happy for you or or sad i don't know (laughs) like that's that's what i read evoker patch notes i'm like i think i'm happy for you or maybe sad you send that text to the invoker spammer you're like i'm happy for you or i'm sorry i don't know which one i don't know which one i'm not gonna read all that (laughs) i'll know in a week when i look at the win rates of the hero how about that it's doing better so i think it's winning uh, yes that hero is strong that hero had uh broken stuff that hero i think is as it stands right now is definitely going to be a topic at ti especially if uh, a certain mr top son is going to be playing at ti or not we'll have to wait and see but if he is mamma mia uh, that's gonna be a first band from me. Finally, get get the fucking Snapfire and Pangolier out of here. I want some Invoker at my TI. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm down with that. I mean, I would also like a, a nerf on Invoker. That hero is doing a little bit too much to me. Nature's Prophet definitely needs a nerf. That can hero is just so brain dead. The thing is, I can appreciate Invoker being broken because it's like you have to do things. Nature's Prophet, I will explain to you, Joey, because that hero is the most brain-dead fucking thing. He just exists. He right-clicks you. He sprouts you. <laughs> You're sprouted now. And he's doing damage to you while you're sprouted. And he's getting extra hits in while you're sprouted. And even if you cut the tree right away, well, the tree's not giving you extra regen. So he's just forcing you to eat through your tangos. Or maybe you have a Quelling Blade. Well, guess what? That just means you've taken away five fucking slots from the enemy team. They have to have a Quelling Blade for the rest of their fucking game. Because Sprout's such a dumb spell. I don't know. It's just like, Nature's Prophet has routinely been the most brain-dead fucking support. And somehow they made him more brain-dead. I don't know how... It used to be you had to do the smallest bit of micro, which is literally like summon a treant and then right click it on the enemy support. No, you didn't even body block. You just run it at the enemy support. The enemy support's like, I well, I can't really fight these. It's incredibly region inefficient. And then they just like hope their core will help them kill the treants for like two fucking gold. The two fucking pennies that dropped out of the trees the treant was made from. All of a sudden, oh boy, uh, thank God I spent like fucking 10 seconds and, and a tango killing this treant for two fucking gold. Now it's even more brain dead than that. Now he doesn't even level treants. Now he just sprouts you and clicks you. Oh my God. I hate this fucking hero when it's a goddamn support. It's the dumbest thing ever. It's so brain dead. Like, core fearing on? Great. You're obnoxious. You're annoying. Like, I get it. But you have to actually do things. Support fearing on just fucking exists. He fucking right clicks you. And he fucking rushes a solar crest because he doesn't need boots. He just fucking has these crazy stats. He gets a solar crest. All of a sudden, he feels like he's got 2,000 effective HP at level 5. And then he gets an Aghanim Scepter and a fucking shard. And he's just fucking split pushing out the map. 
which is fine if you're doing that as a core, but when you could do it as a support, you're doing way too many things. Oh, I TP in and sprouted, and now I'm ganking. Oh, I do a lot of right-click damage. Her. Yeah. I, I, uh, listen, I'm fine with certain things being simpler in Dota and easier, but not that. Not, not that, that easy. That's the line. I draw the line at Furion. I draw the line at you no longer summoning Trance and just right-clicking people. That's not okay. Uh, why? I'm, I'm just, I'm just asking for advice now. Why is Warlock good? Because <laughs> the poop boys. Because the poop boys. Yeah, you know about the poop soup. <laughs> that's. Well, the, that's the, the podcast poops, title. <laughs> the poop soup is the the upheaval. He making the poop soup. This is not my name for it. This is, of course, Sir Action Slacks' name for it. Mm-hmm. So you you create the poop soup, and then what comes out of the poop soup is the poop boys. <laughs> That's that's why the heroes see that's the kind of good dumb that I can get behind. Actually, it's, it's, still, it's still kind of brain dead. It's pretty brain dead. You literally sit there upheaval and then you're also getting these these fucking golems coming out of it and they do pretty good amounts of damage. Uh, it's just one of those things where they gave a hero like too much. Right. It's like, yes, you have to evolve heroes. Because you keep there is a scaling of power that has happened throughout a decade of Dota. Heroes just do far more. The most broken hero in in fucking 2013 is by far the shittiest hero in in 2023. Mm-hmm. Right? You do have to evolve, but when you just give heroes stuff for free, usually you end up breaking them because. Well, you did a pretty good job of balancing the game before. So, like, a hero may have an outdated toolkit, uh, but, like, they probably were never below, like, a 45% win rate. Right? They they were they were keeping up. They were doing all right. Like, Warlock, he was a bad hero. But, like, he he's, you know, Ice Frog and Valve are good at balancing. So, when you just give a hero something for free, it probably means they're going to fucking jump way up. And they gave something for free to Venge. They gave something for free to... Uh, it's a warlock, like a big new thing that they can do that's totally so, free. When, when I'm uh, playing for the first time, and generally when I play after patches like this, I read Reddit a little bit. I kind of look at the patch notes. I'm not reading line by line. I'm definitely not watching a purge stream. Like, I mean, more power mm-hmm. to you for, for enjoying that, but like, it's, it's, not, it's not my rodeo. Venge, kind of the same hero tuned differently like okay there's damage reduction okay like i can like think about this but like functionally it's what i've been used to for a very long time warlock i don't i missed the notes on warlock or something (laughs) and i'm I'm like leaning against one or playing against one i'm leaning against one and i'm like what are these mini columns and i'm clicking on him and like opening a dota buff tab and trying to figure out what's going on why do they hurt and then i'm like Okay, I think I got Warlock. And then, you know, 20-something minutes onto the game, the enemy team decides to kill their Tormentor, um, which is not super common still, I've learned. And uh, 
Uh-huh. I'm like hanging out in upheaval, like rocket barraging people and using flat cam, playing gyrocopter game. And there's all these fucking, uh, I guess, poop boys that are coming up. And I'm like, where are they coming from? I don't know what's going on. And I'm well, dying you know. to poop all these boys come from the poop soup. Yeah, poop boys come from the poop soup, which I will now remember, but I. I didn't read the patch notes on Warlock, and that one really, really burned me. Yeah, I've been playing a decent amount of uh, Party Cute lately, and I've been playing it with Slacks, and he played uh, Warlock in a game. And he, well, I played with a lot of his Warlock, but one of the first times I played with him playing Warlock, he didn't join Discord. The four of us were in Discord, all without him, and he would just use his mic in-game Pretty much every single minute to two minutes. Not every single upheaval, but like, let's say every other upheaval. He would just start channeling it and then he would open his mic and go, Poop Boys! And he did that for the entirety of the game. (laughs) For like 45 (laughs) minutes straight. It was just, Boys! Sometimes I think he's not well. (laughs) No, that, that, he's not. He's not. I love him. I love him to death. He's one of my my closest friends. But that man, that boy ain't right. That boy ain't right. Um, do you know what the second highest win rate hero is right now? Uh, uh no, hit me. It's Chaos Knight. Just gonna. What the fuck did they do to? I haven't seen a single Chaos Knight. Fifty-four. I, I think. I th- my um my divine bracket. I think is a little bit different than the immortal bracket for Chaos Knight. Still. Sure. But that's there's probably a difference there that you're actually noticing. Huh. Fifty-four. I, I think I literally have not played against a single one. Fifty-four percent. It's pretty. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Did you play it? I have. Did it feel good to you? I have. What was I, good about it? Uh, <laughs> uh, the buff there, there's like a, the level 10 talent is like 35% increased lifesteal on, on your crit passive, uh, and dying is just hard to do because you can man fight somebody and you know, you get a crit and it's a hundred percent lifesteal basically. So huh. your, your, your trading is incredibly good. And I also think that there's a lot of heroes right now that hate to be reality rifted. Eat witch doctor. Sit there and channel. I'm gonna click W and you die in three hits if if you're not playing that right. Um, Venge really easy to kill. Warlock really easy to kill. Silencer. It's good against Gyro. It's good against everything against except Shakiro. Um, Phantasm now fully affects an ally's spirit bear. <laughs> what the fuck? You can use the Aghanim Scepter to get illusions of the spirit bear apparently yeah i want to see he's broken obviously i want to see that i want to see that in in play um i haven't played the lone druid and i also okay, don't mind the lifesteal thing it also says the the chaos strike creep damage multiplier went from 1.5 to 1.6 uh which means that you are getting more lifesteal out of that as well mm-hmm. so if you get that and an extra 5% out of your 10 talent, then that's a decent amount more HP you're getting and just sustaining yourself uh, from creep to creep. It also seems like Chaos Bolt is a lot stronger. Chaos a lot Bolt's, stronger. Chaos Bolt's fine. Um, I still think that you, depending on 
depending on your matchup and like the illusion clear damage th- there there was a long time where phantasm was still just too squishy all the illusions were too squishy after they nerfed illusions like a year and a half ago or something but yeah. the minus uh 100% phantasm illusion incoming damage actually makes your illusion strong uh so Ooh. when you phantasm they don't just die instantly to anybody who has any type of wave clear you have to have like strong wave clear right uh mm-hmm. so i i think that that talent is pretty draft dependent but getting it feels really good Ev- everything just feels really good okay interesting yeah. well considering the fact that i haven't really seen it in i don't know if it's being played and competitive i haven't seen a game with it uh and i have not played a game of dota 2 with it so it's possible it goes unnoticed in the post-TI qualifier patch, which would probably mean it's going to be a, a big hero for TI. But it's potential. We'll see. I'll sit down with Zai and be like, dude, I got you. And he'll be like, get the fuck out of the room, Joey. <laughs> Joey, why the fuck would we be doing offlane chaos night, you idiot? <laughs> because it actually kind of works. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's the analysis of the situation. Um... Look, so before- Mars not doing offlane chaos night. Zion's not doing offlane chaos night. Boo, bad. It's actually it is most played right now in the offlane. Sixty-six hmm. percent of games are in the. People offlane. still getting Agnum Scepter and like like that when they. There was that weird period where Chaos Knight was an offlaner, not so long ago. Last time he was popular, and people were getting Agnum Scepter on it. It's a somewhat successful late game item. I I really yeah. think it depends on what allies you have. Having being able to like dispel them is good, but um yeah. you have to actually take advantage of that. The the the, the shard is way better. Tossing a chaos bolt on to like a support and then sometimes your illusion will just kill the support <laughs> with, yeah. with crits underneath the thing. Being able to just stun a support and then move on to something else with reality rift is super powerful. That is annoying. We talked about the chest. We gotta keep keep moving on here. The, we had a, a second patch. Two patches that came out. Two. Not a change log patch, but very important. A cosmetic patch. Not only was there a treasure, but there is also an update to the cosmetic page for each hero. And you which can is very cool. See Quop's boobs. Um, not yeah. Really. yeah, but that's that's what was important on Reddit. So, you know, I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm being I'm being a little snarky, but it, it legitimately does look very good. I think the armory cosmetic uh, page has been pretty bad. Uh, it's I never really like. Yeah, it was it was really bad. I found so many, so many fucking I have like I have like probably close to like if I take away the dire time treasures, which you need keys for. I probably have like 40 to 50. Actually, I think more because I have two different chests that have like 15 to 20 of just that. I, I have like 50 to 60, maybe even more chests that I've never opened that are totally free. I have that, a like, ton I don't of TI, need to keep for. I have a ton of TI chests for like the yeah. last four or five years. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like a ton of them. Um, okay. I well, the, the real point of the update is that there's an attempt to iterate on the behavior system and that was the biggest one yeah this is like the meat and potatoes of probably like the aside from balance wise like the biggest part of the summer 
or maybe even the season, is that there is a glimmer of hope. And I know it's something that you feel very passionate about. There is a glimmer of hope that pubs could potentially get better if behavior score actually works. Yeah, they took away... If I've ever delivered feedback, uh, I'm trying to think about the things I've, I've ever said. Uh, the limited number of reports. That's, I always thought that was dumb. Because frankly, if I get four griefers in a row uh, and I can't report all four of them, I don't want to play Dota anymore. That's just annoying, right? Mm-hmm. In, uh, better feedback for when you get a successful report, super important because uh, we talked about this like two years ago. I was saying I'm not getting any successful reports and it makes me hate solo queue, right? I can take somebody griefing my game. What I can't take is knowing that they're just going to go on and do that again, right? If I will tank 20 fucking griefed games a day if I can get so those many. guys banned. It, I, it was just like, if every single time I showed up and I was just like some sort of weird fucking uh, like lightning rod for griefers, I, I would accept that role happily for the Dota community if I just knew every single one of them would get banned afterwards. You know, but never, never fucking happen. Never, never happen. Something about the Overwatch system, I'm convinced something about the Overwatch system made the matchmaking system less effective, the behavior system less effective. What else did I say? The 10,000 behavior score is fucking stupid. It makes no goddamn sense. It doesn't work, and I, you don't know I've, how it works. It doesn't yeah, work. Yeah, like I literally only see people with 10,000 behavior score unless they abandon games. That's the only time. Or you are a literal fucking demon incarnate inside of the game, and you're just throwing out fucking racism and griefing and throwing yourself down mid all the time. Like you have, you had to be some sort of insane person to have a behavior score below 8,000. And I know there's a couple of people listening to this podcast who are like, well, but I had 6,000. Yeah. You're a fucking asshole. (laughs) You are a terrible person. Be nice. Because like, I like, I'm a mean person. I have been a very mean person in my pubs. Never, never had below, not in my worst fucking streaks of flaming. Not in my fucking screaming at people and never below 9,000 behavior score. Ever. So, <laughs> like, the, the, the 10,000 behavior score was dumb. So this change, maybe it's good. The 10,000 or 12,000, that feels kind of weird, but whatever. Okay, we, we had a pre-established system. We're expanding on it and it's blocking people off now so like if you start to lose points you're like losing the ability to like voice chat or text chat or play Mm -hmm. ranked yeah i actually uh let me let me reopen dota here i had some sort of weird bug where i went to check uh my behavior score like popped up randomly and i went down to nine thousand, and i was just like what and it actually told me that like uh the thing said that i had I could no longer uh, ping ally abilities. Uh, and I was just like, why the fuck? Like, I had 10,000 when the system came out, and I was just like, what? My behavior score should be going up, because frankly, I've only been winning games. I've only been party queuing, and the few solo queue games I've done, I've won almost every single one of them. So I was like, how is it possible? And then I checked it again, and I'm going to check it now here. It's it's 
updating. Uh, it was some sort of weird bug because uh, then I checked it and it was 10,250. So I'm making my climb up to, to 12K. The real climb? Yeah. But uh, I, I really appreciated the fact that it was just like, oh, like you have to be full 10K in order to ping ally abilities, right? Which like, has, is that just the most potentially toxic thing to do to somebody? Which is... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, you, like that is definitely the most abusable... Um, it's the easiest to tell the difference between a toxic player and a non-toxic player, right? If the non-toxic player pings your ability, then it probably means they're like, oh, we should fight around this or like, you know, something or, you know, use this ability next fight or something like that. But like toxic people are always pinging people's abilities nonstop because you, you yeah. did something wrong, basically. Chaos bolts on cooldown. Like, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck off. The, the, taking away your pausing. Oh, that's fucking amazing. I love that. Uh, taking away your access to ranked. I think that was maybe always a thing, but now we actually know the number in which you have to be, which again is 3000. I, I am. Let me just say, I think the, the like a lot of those suggestions that I had uh, are, are like a lot of the feedback that I had. They did correct that, but none of this fucking means Jack Daily fucking squat. If the behavior score system doesn't actually reflect people's behavior. So, you know, they did say this is a thing that, you know, it's going to get better over time. I am cautiously optimistic about this, but I am cautiously optimistic about this because who cares if people lose their access to ranked if everybody is below 8,000 behavior score, right? Literally all of these things are except for the ping ability and coaching. Everything else is below 8,000. At 10,000, 10, it's ping, ping ally abilities and coaching, which mm -hmm. coaching is whatever. I don't really care about that, but ping ally abilities, right? If everybody's above 8,000, then nobody's going to get inflicted by this other stuff. Right? And they all, and also, that, was, that was a big problem with the previous system. It might go down quicker because of the increased reports. Like The way that the math is being done, I'm assuming, is has changed somewhat. So... I yeah. would. I. I am also cautiously optimistic about that. I think that it's good. Not being able to report enemies. That was the dumbest thing I've ever heard of in my life. I've, why can't I report an enemy griefer? I want Dota Two matchmaking to be better. Like, why can I not report people for griefing? Sorry, I, that one struck me. I remember that was the dumbest one that I always felt strongly about. I also like that there's more options for things to report people for and like different things the system's doing. Like it's a, uh, it's toxic sure. chat, toxic voice, smurfing, role abuse, uh, cheating, griefing, because they are yeah. different crimes with different punishments in theory. If I'm to be super cynical about this, what happens if like top level pubs just have so much prolific griefing and the system works as intended that the pool of people who actually play dota pleasantly gets to a problematically small size yeah that is problematic uh there was uh one thing in the system which was the uh liking player and disliking player and like i want to play with this person well in a mortal cube that doesn't i i assume that doesn't do anything because if you get high enough in the immortal queue, you do the captain's draft picking players thing. So you're already having a very small player base 
and then to like keep people out of pools i feel like is is not i feel like that 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 is probably not a thing but it's definitely not a thing you can't prevent them from being on your team right there's there's no way to stop that so uh like that that doesn't apply but also u.s east uh no like north america basically smaller outside of western europe and maybe southeast asia which has an influx of chinese players now like the other servers uh, immortal tier matchmaking I have to imagine cannot account for you disliking and not want to play with players uh, be just enough. because yeah. the player pool is already small and limited. So while I did look at those things and we're like, oh, that's nice. I am assuming it's not going to affect my my player pool. I think it's going to be way nicer for me than it's going to be for you. <laughs> yeah, probably. Like- I think yeah. it's gonna. Uh, th- there's a. I could be in Dota Utopia in two months, where like I my games are noticeably less shitty. Yeah, yeah. What else is there? There was. Uh, you can get muted pre like in the middle of a game. You can. It's supposed to be able to live. You can live report people for communication, and apparently there is some sort of which resumes. So it means they've got AI involved, right? Like that's. Yeah, I know this that, is probably that, someone's it, pet AI project. Yeah, I from I remember reading this somewhere. Like Valve really wants to to like AI matchmaking, basically the like especially the behavior system. Like I remember reading. I don't know if that's total bullshit, uh, but I can imagine that would be a valid thing to do because they're not going to hire people to do like like the Overwatch cases, right? They're not going to hire like fucking minimum wage people to like go through complaints and these sort of things right it does seem like a very valid thing to like try and automate a system as much as possible including the behavior you know bans and stuff like that so yeah i i don't know we'll we'll, we'll see i i've yet to see somebody get muted <laughs> mid-game though i don't know if i mean everybody's walking on eggshells right now i feel like there there's uh there's a lot less flaming and stuff like that which is which is also good right like that is that's good (laughs) yes it it means people don't know what the system is and they're afraid (laughs) of it which was always my biggest problem with the previous system is nobody gave a shit because nobody was afraid of the previous system nobody was afraid of being banned uh but now it does seem like people are a little bit cautious about it but in three months' time, actually not even three months, I bet in two weeks' time, people will go back to their normal behavior. Yeah, I'm curious. Like, it's only a matter of time before we see, I mean, not to call, like, Quinn out, but somebody like him. <laughs> what do you think? What Do you do you think Quinn had any percent, the, 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 the popularity and success of Quinn on the eSports stage, do you think that had any effect on Valve's effort on this behavior matchmaking update. No. It'd be really funny if it did though. <laughs> it, w- it would be. It would be really funny if it did. I don't I don't think it did. Because dude, dude. Like it's only a matter of time before like, you know, top pro player gets live muted or like, you know, you can't play with this person or someone else needs a Smurf account or, you know. I'm curious if it'll help resolve any of those, I guess, celebrity bad boy cases. Yeah. The thing is, I know Quinn loves this update. Which is so funny to me because, and I told I told him this, there is a, uh, a Twitch emote 
called the Quinn. And the image that pops up is Quinn all chatting go throne. Right. That's the image that pops up in Twitch. Uh, I was watching a pub game. Quinn was playing. They were losing a little bit. And then they lost a fight. And I was like, oh, somebody get out the Quinn emote. Somebody <laughs> drop the Quinn emote because go it's coming. It's coming. Sure as shit. I'm saying that. And he literally all chats go thrown. <laughs> it was so fucking predictable. It's insane. Anyway, I don't know. Yeah, we'll we'll see. I mean, I know Quinn's happy with this. I know he hates the matchmaking system, even though he's part of the problem. I don't know. There's some weird fucking thing going on there. But like, you know, he's part of the problem, but he hates the system. So, you know, every every you know, every fucking Dota player who's the problem thinks that it's, they're only the problem because the system sucks. They only act that way because other people act that way. Yeah. I'm just living in a animals. society, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I haven't played since the update, but I I fully look forward to reporting people. But you know what? Also, the the 15 or so games that I played in the last week, 14 of them have been good. So, even before the update. So, who am I to complain as much as you or other people? Uh, all I got out of this update, uh, I knew... It was, at least in theory, successful and good and all the things. Even, like, my own biases and, the like, the things I would want to see, right? The, the, the thing that most just locked it in for me that this was a good move was that Slacks got onto Discord <laughs> and he just oh, comes no. on there and he's, Oh, no, bros, it's all over. It's all over, bros. Yeah, I mean, him too. Slacks is one of the most toxic fucking people I've ever met in the pub. He's so toxic, and I'm his friend, and we're on a team together, and we're playing Tony together, and he's so toxic. <laughs> so the fact that he was like, oh no, this update, I need to start being nice. I need to like change my behavior, was like, yes. <laughs> Thank you. That is good job, Valve. You did something. That is a direct fucking response. He's going to get a bunch of meme reports, too. Like, he's going to... I wonder yes. how good the system will be at, at determining the disingenuous ones. I don't know. I was, I was kind of curious. I did... I'll, I'll, I'll own up to this. I did do a test report on Avery. I did report him. Uh, <laughs> and it's... Did, did it, it, got, it, it It got back to me. Uh, I'll pull it up right now. Because <laughs> we, we played for, like, six hours on Party Q stack. And, uh... And I was like, I was like, oh, guys, I got my first successful report, like action taken thing. <laughs> like, do you, do you guys know who was playing Brewmaster at 5.15 p.m. this afternoon? <laughs> Somebody was a party was like, well, Avery played Brewmaster. And I was like, you're right. <laughs> Avery, it said I got a success. So, yeah, I got a successful report on him. Uh, Did it do anything? It, it said action him? taken. Uh I presume it just means it tanked his behavior score a little bit. Uh, yeah. He can't be so, a coach now. Yeah. So that is the big test, right? It's why Valve limited uh, the the report system before because people would abuse it. Otherwise, it's why they have like these pro player accounts seem to be untouchable. I don't know if they're still untouchable. Uh, 
I kind of assume so, especially with the new system where you can throw around reports like crazy. Um, you know, like when they change that, there is a reason they had it the way it was before, right? Mm-hmm. So it'll again, oh, this is all fine, well, and good if it all works. We have there's, to wait and see uh, there's a two tiered system here. There's one for the haves and the have nots, and all these yeah. pro players have, and I have not. Well, in this system, the players are the have nots because they're the ones who are going to get shit on. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> good. They're going to get reported like they used to back in the day where Sing Sing just couldn't play Dota because he was just getting meme reported all the time. <laughs> Poor Arteezy. Yeah. Um, we've been, we've been going for a hot minute and there's others to talk about. I'm going to table some of it, but I think that the hottest news off the press that I, that I want to share is that there may be a shakeup at ye oldie evil geniuses. Out of all the different things we could talk about, I was like, which one is Joey going to talk about? Of course he's going to talk about the EG one. What are you talking about? I mean. Yeah, why? What's going on? What's going on at EG? What's going on at EG? Hmm. Um, they won VCT. They are Valorant World Champions. That is what is going on with Evil Geniuses. They enter an eSport. They almost fall out. They have the craziest Cinderella story that I think we've seen in gaming in a very long time uh, uh, for not even almost making the event. And then they just run the gambit. They have a woman who is their coach. Their head coach is a woman. And it's the first time on a major esports stage ever that a female has lifted a trophy and that is fucking rad. That is really cool. Uh, they, they also have a woman as a CEO, right? <laughs> uh, so uh, go on joey go to the actual news you want to talk what about what are you doing what are you doing to me i was just talking about I just, I was, valorant's interesting it's the biggest esport in the world right now um uh we, we, i think this is relevant just a little bit because we did talk about the danny situation before and like how he just yeah, being yeah, investigated yeah. by riot the and they they, show. they yeah. did just win vct but like their finances may not be great and uh their their ceo who is also to my knowledge like i, I not i know she's not like the first like woman who has run an esports team but i believe it's the first one who's run a major team like like a real brand who's in a franchise spot right um mm-hmm. nicole has uh, has stepped down effective today as CEO of Evil Geniuses, uh, which is big. She got rid of her Twitter about a month ago. Uh, she's been getting a lot of blowback uh, for specifically from the LCS community for the for for the Danny stuff and the way that things have been going there. And it looks like there is a leadership shakeup at EG, which is really interesting at a at a point in time when you know again they they really I'm like, I'm not being disingenuous about the Valorant stuff. Like it is really cool their story mm-hmm. um and they won they won valorant worlds um so it, it is both a very exciting and interesting and scary time knowing that there, there's going to be a leadership shakeup. um but like cool. justice for danny <laughs> justice for danny i wonder is if still on their payroll and i has because he's getting paid very likely has never actually he like Seven dialed back his comments or whatever, and now he says he's totally fine with what happened and everything's all good. But obviously, that was not a 
good situation. It is crazy that they won the Valorant Worlds and 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 then their CEO steps down like back to back pretty much. But yeah, it's really cool for um, Potter, Potter. I believe is the the coach's name. Yeah, cool. I don't Very think cool for her. I don't think any other team, including Team Liquid, would have made that choice to promote yeah. Potter to be the head coach for their Valorant system. Yeah. And not only did it work, it worked in spades. They fucking won. And that's like, it's, it's genuinely cool for, for women, for representation, for stories, for esports, like closing a gender gap. Like, yeah, I think I, uh, I remember I talked to her at some point in time. Um, there was some, probably some dream act event. I think that we were both working cause she works CSGO. Uh, cause she was a female CSGO player. Right. And then she was talent for, for a bit. And I, I think I briefly talked to her at some point in time. Mm-hmm. She seemed cool. But dude, Valorant crazy shit because <laughs> did you, did you hear that the team that won the Ascension, the team that was going to get promoted, the team that earned their way into the Valorant league, the guard yeah, isn't going to go to the Valorant League because my understanding based on like the tweets from from Ryan and other people is that like they did not release like the contract that was an escrow to be promoted from you know challengers to to champions or the, like the main league and essentially like all the players left the team has like basically folded and there's just that's the action the action that has been taken after this fuck up is that there will be no team promoted. They're not promoting the second place team. They're not allowing the five players to seek a new team. There is just going to be nobody who gets that spot. And for the players, holy fuck. They they earned their way into the championship league, the 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 the, 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 the region that has won the last two world titles. They they won their way into as five players and now they just don't have jobs or the achievement that they did which is crazy yeah valve uh valve would never do that and that's that's what makes valve uh great right it's because they've they've always championed players first players first and uh there's there's no way something like that uh i think would happen in uh in the dota 2 ecosystem so uh, it, it was yeah reading about that and like so what that org from my understanding was is basically that org doesn't want to have a team that is that that's the, the they didn't make some mistake really they they just don't want to have a team anymore yeah it's not like they went they like oh we didn't thing. we didn't get the email sorry it's like they chose not to continue yeah. um and like Which, which is pretty fucking funny at the, at the same time. God, but it's also like it is a continued conversation about the scary spot that esports in as an industry. Because so who owns the guard? It is like some of these same ownership groups who owns these teams that you may have heard of. Are you familiar with? And I know you're an American, so this might be like a little out of mm-hmm. left field, uh, or might be like an offsides reference. Arsenal Football Club. Maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe I've heard of them. Okay, okay, yeah. hold on. Let, let, let me make this a little bit more America for you. The Los Angeles Rams. Oh, I know those guys. Let's go Rams. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, uh, 
and that's 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 not all like but but this is a billionaire group of people who mm-hmm. didn't want to continue funding their 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 esports slash league of legends venture that they started only a couple of years ago and they earned their way into what is probably the most prestigious esports and prestigious region to be in at current time of recording and yeah, one like, of the most valuable spots you can get your hands on right which you cannot buy you have yeah. to earn your way in yeah and they were like, I don't know, guys. It's going to be like a $10 million investment or something. Like, I think that we're out. They're billionaires. They own Arsenal, Austin. Yeah. <laughs> and they, they didn't want to yeah. throw the change to keep the guard running. Yeah, something. Uh, you know, it's just continuation of, like, you know, the fact that we have a bunch of money in esports that, frankly, like, doesn't really know anything about esports and they they get into this thing thinking it's gonna blow the fuck up and then when it doesn't then they are losing millions of dollars they're like why the fuck am i in this and then they just pull the plug on it yeah they they don't get it it was just an investment with like probably some bad advice and like you know whatever they figured out but like the good i mean if i if i do googles who knows how right this is check your sources kids but like uh, Stan's net worth, the owner, is uh, almost $13 billion. <laughs> That's just the guy who owns it. Not even, like, the teams or the working group or his partners. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not a good sign, but, you know, those guys those guys are probably just buying some snake oil anyway and for way too much, and now they only just realized it, that it was worth a lot less than what they bought for it and what they were putting into it. It's a clone classic esports story at this point. Those same guys probably made shit tons of money on fucking Bitcoin or whatever, you know, because they jumped onto some other investment fan fad. You know, this was just another one of those various hundred different fucking investments that they pump shit into. That's a fad at some point in time. And maybe they make money. Maybe they don't. Bummer. I, I feel for the players. It sucks that they can't get picked up by a different team. Yeah, I don't know what the. I feel like that was the easiest slam dunk. The riots explanation of like, if we let another org pick up these players, then we're uh, we're uh, affecting the rule. We're breaking the rule where people can't buy into it. It's like dog. Everybody wants these players to be supported. Just let let them have the slot and let them make a good deal with some org. It's it's very simple. This is a weird situation. The easiest slam dunk in the world is just to support the players. It's such a like incomp like this. This is an the definition of an outlier. This is not a team that is trying to like buy their way in. I do not think this can be replicated at all. It is yeah. just an outlier. You can say, "Hey guys, I know we have rules, but like, look at how fucked up this is. We should probably just help the players." And then, you yeah. know what? Maybe G2 or Disguise Toast or name your nouns. I don't care. Maybe they get a spot that they might have not otherwise have deserved for the organization. But yeah, you, you literally have the power as Riot to vet the orgs that get to buy that slot, too. So you can literally make sure that it's a good organization that gets yeah. a spot in your thing, which you would want them to be in anyway. <laughs> it's like it's actually a win-win-win, right? Because in this system that they have, they can't 
they can only control so much about like who gets in, right? If you earn the slot, you earn the slot, mm-hmm. right? They would be able to control what organization they could actually hurt it into whatever organization they could have taken some fucking money. Somebody could have gotten paid in the back, you know, in their back pocket. There was some fucking riot executive couldn't have gotten made it an easy like fucking 20 grand or something, you know, because uh, fucking TSM really wanted that slot. And they were like, we'd be the best team to have it. Here's 20 kids. You know, like you even the corrupted version of this <laughs> still would have been good in some weird way. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's all fucked. I, I feel bad for the players. I, I, I riot yeah. continues to always baffle me with their decision making. Sometimes, uh, I guess I'm just someone who doesn't like the rules always being the rules. I don't know. Yeah, too, too, too punk rock for riot. Uh, that that's esports corner news, and I and I think that's also the show. Yeah, hopefully, uh, we'll be on next week to talk about whatever the ti that's a weird thing right we had the 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 10 year anniversary and then we also have this dota patch cosmetic behavior update and i assume we're still waiting on a ti update like i think we're gonna get something like right we have to at least get like ti's come in you have to change the background of the fucking open menu like you have to do a bare minimum right so we're still gonna get something more so we're still waiting on a ti update as well i hope it's agatham's labyrinth that we get i'm dreaming big but maybe they're literally just gonna take uh, change the background of the dota 2 menu but whatever it is it's gotta be something and there has to be like probably a post dream league balance tweak probably Yes, and there needs to be a, a, a post-TI qualifier balance patch. So, so, so there's probably two more letter patches before TI starts. Yeah, yeah, uh, because Dream League is going to be happening. We didn't talk about that, but that's fine. Who cares? Uh, but there is there's a post-TI qualifier. Maybe there's a patch then, and maybe a, po- a patch post-Dream League as well is what I would do if I was Ice Frog, but maybe they're just going to wait until after Dream League. Who knows? I just hope Chaos Knight makes it all the way through at TI. Nobody playing at Dream League. <laughs> cool. 